This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Thanks for being with us. Well, as you've been hearing in the news, President Donald Trump uh, digging in yesterday, saying his threat to attack cultural sites in Iran continues if there is any retaliation for the killing of General Qasem Soleimani. This uh, happening, as many people are talking about this case, talking about what has happened, NATO's Secretary General is calling for restraint as tensions mount sharply between the United States and Iran. So what does it mean for people when talking about this on social media when trying to figure out exactly what is happening and what the next moves might be. Well, let's bring in retired Major Mark Campbell. He is a veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces uh, who fought in Afghanistan and joins us on the line now. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, As somebody that has a history of fighting in Afghanistan and being uh, engaged in these battles, what is your first reaction to what's going on right now uh, between the United States and Iran? Well, uh, I'm concerned, like uh, like I think uh, yeah, all other Canadians are. I mean, uh, nobody wants to see uh, more strife in the Middle East or, or, or more tension in the Middle East, certainly not between a uh, superpower like the United States and, uh, and, uh, and a regional superpower, so to speak, like, uh, like Iran. So, I mean, you know, is tension inevitable? Hard to say, but tension's never welcome, I don't think. And, and maybe take us back a little bit and walk us through your experience in Afghanistan. I know you've spoken very publicly before and talked about that, but what was your experience fighting in that battle? Well, it, it was a difficult fight. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. It was, it was a counterinsurgency um, operation that we were involved in over there, which is probably the most difficult form of low-intensity conflict that you can engage in as a, as a military. The enemy is, uh, is ghost-like, uh, impossible to... Uh, distinguish from uh, from your your the civilian population until they they open fire on you and 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 you know they sort of get the first kick at the cat every time because we can't tell them from from one from the next and until they do engage so uh counterinsurgency it was it was extremely difficult fight uh extremely um difficult uh terrain uh very built up very uh complex terrain along the uh, argandab river where the irrigation belt was that's where most of the fighting occurred because that's where most of the population lived. So uh, a nasty, nasty, brutish fight in some, in some very difficult conditions. And you were almost finished uh, your final tour when you were very uh, seriously injured. That's, that's correct. Yeah, I was, uh, I was about a uh, little, little over halfway through my, my second combat tour in Afghanistan when I was, uh, I was hit by an improvised explosive device, a targeted improvised explosive device. So I was standing on it when they, when they touched it off and, uh, yeah, that took away my legs and uh, gave me some other injuries as well. So I'm confined to a wheelchair now. And that's really the, the, the risk that, that, that we have to consider. You know, we've got 500 Canadian Armed Forces troops on a, on a, on a, train, uh, a train mission in Iraq right now. So uh, they're, they're right in the middle of the hotbed, so to speak. I mean, Iran has great influence over, over events that are occurring in Iraq, even as we speak. I mean, uh, Soleimani was, was in Iraq when, when the Americans took him out. So... I mean, Iraq is, is, a, is a focal point for all of those regional superpowers that I was alluding to. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a mess right now. And we've got 500 troops sitting smack dab in the middle of it. No, absolutely. Uh, that said, do you think it was the right move to take Soleimani out? You know, in, 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 the, long, in the long view, I suspect it probably was. He was, a, a, he was Iran's chief exporter of, of terrorism, at least from our perspective, terrorism. 
against the West uh, and against, uh, you know, other elements are against uh, the, the efforts of, um, of the Western world in, in places like Iraq. Iran was, was actively con- and does actively conspire against the efforts of the West to bring peace to the region. So, um, yeah, it was, it was probably the right thing to do uh, from, the, from the larger perspective. But I mean, anytime you you shake up the the regional power balance like that, you're you're going to have fallout. There's there's just no avoiding it. No, absolutely. And I'm sure before that decision was made to to take him out, that was that was definitely considered. Certainly not the first time that the United States has done that. No, and not the first time they've had Soleimani in their sights. Uh, and that's that's worth um, noting as well. Um, when uh, Obama was president, he had uh, he he actually had him in his sights, and uh, at the at the eleventh hour, apparently. Uh, decided against that, perhaps for the same uh, the same reasons you just alluded to the fallout. But uh, when it came to President Trump, uh, apparently he suffered no such uh, reservations, and uh, and uh, he uh, he issued the go code. Um, I want to go back because you said it so just matter of fact, like it was part of the sentence that you were standing on that device and you lost your legs. Uh, and I, I think people will hear that and think, did he just say that he lost his legs? Because it seems like a catastrophic injury. And from what I understand, you actually had to be resuscitated on the operating table. I mean, that had to be. Uh, do you remember the, how that happened or do you remember waking up oh, yeah. in the hospital at the time? Well, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was conscious and lucid throughout the whole thing. Uh, I, I distinctly remember being blown up. I remember the heat on my on my lower body. Uh, I remember being tossed through the air and landing on my back, trying to sit up. But of course, without the weight of my legs, there, my uh, what was left of my legs came up instead. And I had a real good look at uh, my missing left leg and my right leg hanging on by a few stringy bits and blood pumping all over the place. And yeah, it was a, it was a mess. And it took about ninety minutes, I guess, in a running gun battle to fight our way out of there with me on a crazy carpet stretcher going over hill and dale and through the irrigation ditches and all the rest of it i mean it was a it was a bad day at the office there's no getting around that um you know but i mean life goes on did you think at the time though there was a chance you wouldn't make it oh yeah yeah i was very i was very like i say very lucid and and well aware of the fact that uh i'd lost an awful lot of blood and that my blood pressure was tanking i mean my my senior medic was brilliant that day he kept me alive I mean, all the troops were, were brilliant, from the guys that piled on and got the tourniquets on my leg to stop the bleeding, right up through my medic who pumped me full of rescue flow to trick my body into thinking I had a, uh, enough blood pressure to carry on. Um, like you say, I died on the operating table. They brought me back. I died again in Germany uh, with a cardiopulmonary embolism, but they brought me back in the ICU. So I'm lucky to be here. There's no question about it. I mean, they did manage to kill me that day, um, but, uh, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I, and uh, and here I am talking to you. Right, and and the reason that we wanted to talk to you today, at least one of the reasons, uh, was not just to, to make you go back and, and go through listing all of these, the, the horrific day, uh, but in, in what's happening right now, the taking out of Soleimani and the response to it, and being in, we are in this age of social media, there are so many people, it seems, that are, that are throwing ideas out there, talking about war like it's no big deal, that like it might be even be some kind of television show what do you how do you respond to people who who seem to make light of war well people make fun of what they don't understand and people make fun of what scares them and i suspect that if you were to dig to the bottom of it the real reason that people make light of it is because it's it's just too scary and too awesome of a, of a concept world war three to to really hoist the board and 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 think through 
Um, so I suspect what you're seeing is a lot of or hearing is a lot of whistling past the graveyard, so to speak, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. And is there a way to, to try and then educate people? I mean, we have Remembrance Day still to remember the world wars. And, and the, mm-hmm. the key message of those days is always don't forget because we don't want to go back to that. Whereas it seems with uh, the, the war in Afghanistan, some of the so-called smaller wars, it's not the same mindset. Yeah, yeah. People seem to think that a limited war means uh, limited casualties. And that's not really the case. I mean, you look at us, we had a pretty modest um, uh, contribution to the, to the whole Afghan situation. I mean, and, and when you look at it, you know, sure, sure 40,000 Canadians rotated through on, on an individual or group basis. But at the end of the day, we never really had more than, you know, two, three thousand troops in, in theater at any one time. And even that over eight years of combat generated, you know, 156 deaths and well over 2000 wounded. And when I say wounded, I mean, people like me with permanent disabilities, either psychological, physical, or a combination of the, of the two. So, um, yeah, war is never, no matter what type of fighting it is and, and to what extent, the war spreads, uh, war is never a good thing. I can tell you that sitting here looking at my missing legs. Um, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. Uh, sometimes it's necessary. Uh, and that's what people like me, uh, are, are for and do, but, uh, we don't, we don't, we don't go lightly into that. And, uh, we're, we're certainly those who serve and wear the uniform on behalf of Canada are probably those who are most cognizant of the, of the risks that they, uh, that they bear when they, when they go overseas. And at this point, how concerned are you for the people who serve and who are currently overseas and currently in the Middle East? Well, you know, I've got uh, a whole bunch of friends who are still serving in the military. In fact, uh, probably most of my friends are are still serving, including the commander of the Canadian Army, who's a close personal friend of mine. So I'm concerned for for all of my friends who who wear the uniform. It's 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 a risky business that they're in. It's it's it's, it's a profession of arms, and uh, I mean. They're well aware of the risks, and they weigh those risks on a daily basis to determine whether or not they can continue to serve in good conscience. So I have, I have every, every confidence and, and every bit of faith in, my, in those who wear the uniform on behalf of Canada. They'll, they'll serve when they're called. There's no question about that. But they'll do so knowing full well the risks that, uh, that the, the job entails. And, and just before I let you go, do, do you wish that people on social media, on the various sites, would think a little bit more about the impact of when you joke about it or when you make light of it on the off chance if somebody, a veteran, or somebody was to see it and, and, and would be offended by it? Well, you know, I mean, I've seen it all, and it, I, don't, I don't get offended by it. I take it for what it is. And, and like I say, I think a lot of, in a lot of cases, it's either ignorance talking, in which case education is necessary, or, uh, or it's just people who, who do understand that there, there are tremendous risks involved in, 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 in our meddling in the Middle East, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we have, to, we have to think these things through. And certainly when it comes to, uh, to armed conflict, um, there's, there's never an easy solution and there's no easy, there's no easy outcomes. There's always going to be a price to pay. Do you think this will escalate things, though, or how much, I guess? And it's impossible to tell at this point, but how much yeah. of an escalation should people brace for? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I honestly can't tell you. I mean, the, the whole Middle East is, uh, is a tinderbox. You know, it can, it can go up uh, in, a, in a heartbeat. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to get tens of thousands of people protesting in the streets of Tehran or, 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 uh, or Baghdad or, or elsewhere. 
um, the, the Middle East is, is, is a mess. It has been for my entire lifetime, and uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon, um, short of a major conflict. And, uh, I mean, I hope it doesn't go there. I, I really do, because I know the price that uh, the people pay for, 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 for political decisions like that to go to war. Um, I hope it doesn't come to that, but uh, if it does, unfortunately, Canada is going to have a role to play. I mean, we have we have uh, we have all sorts of treaties and 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 other obligations that bind us, uh, whether we like it or not, to uh, to acting in concert with the Western world. All right, uh, we will leave it there. Retired uh, Major Mark Campbell, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very very welcome. Have a great.